Welcome, my friends and my brethren in the Lord in this beautiful Monday morning in our devotional God's Word for today. And let us continue our devotional in the book of Acts and we now move to chapter 17, verses 16 to 21. Let me read this in our English Standard Version. Now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every, every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicurean Stoic philosophers also conversed with him. And some said, what does this babbler wish to say? Others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is, is that you are presenting, for you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who live there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. The gospel was something new to the ears of the philosophers, to the Greeks. And this happened in Athens when Paul was waiting for Paul and for Timothy and Silas while they were persecuted. Paul escaped to Beria and then here in Athens. So while Paul was waiting for the arrival of Silas and Timothy, he saw that the city was full of idols. The reason behind that he was provoked within him. He was moved with compassion. Was he like Jesus when he saw the multitude that was provoked with compassion? Perhaps so. In Matthew chapter 9, that was what we can read. In the life of Jesus, when he saw the multitude that they are like sheep having no shepherd. Or was it because he was so jealous for the glory of God? Because when he saw that the city was full of idols, God is really angry at these idols or angry and his glory is to be shown in this city. So his passion moved him into action. When somebody has a true passion for God, he will be motivated to do something. He cannot just sit down with folded hands and do nothing. His passion moved him to, into action in a sense that he went to the synagogue and as usual, this is his custom. And he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happen to be there. It's not only in the synagogue, but also in the marketplace, in the open space. In other words, Paul took every opportunity for him to preach the gospel. He was an opportunist. He was not an opportunist in terms of him for himself. Now, there are so many businessmen who are opportunists that they will go to a certain place in order to gain money. But maybe that we will be Christians like Paul who are opportunists in order to share the gospel. We will grab every opportunity and create every opportunity or create an opportunity to preach the gospel. We must preach the word or the gospel in season and out of season as Paul encouraged Timothy. He conversed with the Epicureans and the Stoics. Who are they? The, the Epicureans 
They are the group of philosophers who believe in materialism and annihilation. In other words, for them, there is no such thing as supernatural. And when a person dies, there is no soul or spirit to resurrect. For them, everything perishes after death. There's no soul, there's no afterlife, there's nothing. Everything is material. So that's the Epicureans. While the Stoics, on the other hand, they believe everything is material, including the soul, which is made of fire. And at death, the soul returns to Logos, the foundational law of the cosmos. So somehow they are also similar to the Stoics that they also believe that everything is material. This is not such thing as spiritual. But the common belief of these two camps is this. They don't believe in a final judgment of wrong behavior. This is understandable because they don't believe in that there, there is a soul. There is They don't believe that there is something supernatural after death, everything perishes or perishes. So they don't believe in a final judgment of wrong behavior. So their morality is based only for today. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Something like that. So when they hear Paul, they accused Paul that he was a babbler. A babbler refers to somebody like a bird that picks up random seeds from the ground. So figuratively, in, in a figure of speech, it refers to someone who wanders about the marketplace, picking up bits and pieces of different philosophies and opinion, massing them together in an incohesive mass. It's just like talking nonsense. That's the babbler. But they took him and brought him to the Europagos. The Europagos is where they are going to hear anybody who has something to share, a new idea, what he had in mind. This is, this is the place, Aeropagos. And they said, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? For you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. So they were curious. And according to Luke's writing, all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. In other words, they were just curious of what Paul has proclaimed. And they were curious about what the gospel was all about, who is this Jesus. And they thought that it was something very new. Now, Jesus was not really something new or the Messiah in the for them because um, this is the first time to hear it was very new and they were so interested to learn now what can we learn in this passage today from the reactions of these people today whether people would believe the gospel or not that doesn't change the truth of the gospel as somebody would take this medicine whether the medicine is true or not you know some people will say that, oh, that's not real. Oh, that's fake. Oh, the gospel is not really truth. That will not change the reality that Jesus is a real historical figure and the gospel is the truth. We don't amend the message in order to make it palatable. 
the gospel should be proclaimed as it is. The gospel must be must be proclaimed without delusion. We should not peddle the gospel. We are not going to present the gospel as if we are selling something because we are not peddlers of the gospel. As Paul had said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, defending the purity of the gospel, he said, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. While the Greeks seek wisdom for the Jews, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. So we should present the gospel as it is that Jesus died because of our sins, because of the sins of the whole world. He was buried and three days later he rose again. That whosoever believes in him will obtain eternal life. That's the gospel. So let's take heed that we are going to proclaim the gospel without delusion because if there is a delusion and diversion of the, of the gospel, that's not the gospel anymore. So Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 to 16, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile you, your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Jesus had encouraged us in his words in Mark chapter 8 that we should embrace the gospel because this is the wisest thing to do for every one of us who believes him. He said, Mark 8, 35, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Any other pursuit apart from the gospel is vain or futile. As Jesus continues to say in Mark 8, 36 to 38, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. In other words, let's pursue the gospel, the proclamation and the propagation of the gospel. Nothing else, nothing less. Because it's the power of salvation to those who believe. Whether Paul was preaching to the unlearned people or to the learned people, the Greek philosophers, his message was the same. It's the gospel. Whether we're going to preach to young kids, rural folks, or to professionals, people who are in the academy, the same gospel that you should preach. It's not about us. We are just messengers. We are just instruments. It's about him. It's about exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. Did not Jesus say in John chapter 12, verse 32, if I be lifted up, he was talking about his resurrection, I will draw all men unto myself. So may this will be a lesson for us who love the Lord, who believe on the Lord, that we are going to preach the gospel whether people found this, that this is strength. 
people found this, that this is something unacceptable. It doesn't matter. The gospel remains to be true. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much that we can magnify the truth, Lord, of the gospel. It's not about new things. It's not about something convenient, palatable, and good in, this, in the ears of men. But it's about elevating Christ and the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel, which is the power of God and the salvation to those who believe. Help us, Lord, to just be faithful in proclaiming the gospel, even living the gospel. And I pray that many people who can hear the gospel and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, including our loved ones, Lord. If there's anybody listening in our devotional today who is not yet sure about his relationship with Jesus, May you just open his heart or her heart, Lord, in order for him or her to believe on Jesus and be saved wonderfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.